Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, September the 14th, 2023. It is currently 8.48 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, I woke up early this morning, and I had to drive someone somewhere, and I, I, you know, got up, wasn't really ready to be awake. I don't even know if I'm really awake right now, right? I probably should have went back to bed, but, but I woke up and I drove someone somewhere. It was a, it was a rainy day. It's still, obviously it's still raining. It's raining, cloudy, dark outside. It, it was one of those days. It was like, you should just stay in bed for at least another hour or so. But I, I got up. I did what I needed to do, and I knew since I was going to be driving, before I even took off, I grabbed my iPad, and I started downloading sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon on the Sermons 2.0 app. I just started downloading, 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 took my iPad with me, and as soon as I got the opportunity, I I grabbed the iPad and started listening to sermons as I was driving, and well, that, that's a good thing to do, right? That's a good thing. Look, here's what I know. That when I tell you that I did that, that doesn't prove to, to anyone that I am spiritual. No, 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 no. By no means. By no means. What it demonstrates is that for all of my weaknesses as a Christian, for all my failures as a Christian, for all my struggles, for all my ups and downs, the one thing I know I can do is I can determine that when opportunity arises, listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word. That's the one thing I know I can do, right? Now we could uh, talk, how much does it help you? How much does it not help you? What We could get into that debate all day, but the point is I know I can at least, that does not require much discipline. That does not require much effort. It just says, oh, I have an opportunity. Let's listen to some sermons so that I can hear the word of God being preached and taught. We can all do that. Every single day, you can look for opportunities to hear the word of God. You can listen to the word of God be read. On an audio Bible, you can listen to devotionals. You can listen to Christian podcasts talking about different subjects. You can listen to just straight sermons. There's all of it's available. So please, we can all do that. Like, like that's the least we can do as a Christian, right? We can, if you don't have time to read or study, you can at least listen and make use of that device you carry around with you because it has access to millions and millions of sermons. So that's what I was doing. I was driving through the rain right? Streets were flooded in parts of Abilene. We're in a flood advisory, right? I'm going through the water and I'm just listening to preaching. And then I heard someone make a distinction between two words. And we're going to talk about that. Now, I don't know where he takes it. I don't know where he goes with it because immediately once he started making this distinction, I stopped and said, you know what? I was, as soon as I get home, as soon as I have the opportunity, I'm going to go live and I'm going to talk about, well, first, the importance of making distinction. And then we'll listen to the distinction he was trying to make and we'll say, is that a good distinction? Is that a bad distinction? What should we do with it? Have we all, have we all failed to make this distinction? But let's start with this. One 
of the key skills, right, as a Bible student is your ability to make proper distinction between words, between concepts, uh, between contexts. In fact, we've been doing a lengthy series since October of 2022 on the proper distinction between law and gospel. When you are reading the Bible, it is important for you to make a distinction that this word may not mean what that word means. And this person may not be the same person as that person. And this person has three names and just all the the distinction may be between, well, why in this account, it says this, but in this account, it says this, that the ability to make good distinctions when it comes to theology Theology is all about, it's the, it's the art of making very fine distinctions because you're, you're making distinctions about, you know, theological concepts, theological terms. Bible study requires the skill and the ability to make very specific distinctions. And the same is true in theology. Sometimes, now we got to be very careful here. We can be very, lazy, very lax in making distinction, and that can lead to some major theological issues and problems, right? You got to make, you got to be very careful and make clear distinctions when you say, when you talk about the doctrine of the Trinity, you don't make the distinctions correctly. You end up sliding in over to modalism or Sabalianism, right? Now, what some people will do is like, oh, you're being nitpicky and you're just trying to create problems. And no, you, theology, Bible requires careful distinction to be made. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a, a fact that everyone should be able to agree on. But there's also sometimes where we can be trying to create distinction simply to generate controversy. And we don't want to do that either, right? So what we're getting ready to listen to, we have to ask ourselves, is this a is this a, a good distinction? Is it a bad distinction? Should we care about it or should we ignore it? You are going to be able to make that final judgment. You, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you will be able to say, well, I wouldn't have even cared if I would have been listening to that sermon or no, I would have stopped and, and have written that down as well. You, you can make your own judgment here in a minute, but let's do this. First, let's define the word distinction, right? Distinction is defined as a difference, listen, a difference or contrast between similar things or people. So when you, when you make a distinction, you're noticing, you're acknowledging the difference or the contrast between similar things or people. These things seem similar, but we got to make a clear distinction, right? One God, three distinct persons, co-equal and co-eternal, not one God manifesting himself in three different ways or three different modes, because that's modalism or Sabalianism. That's a heresy. You have to make that distinction. You have to make the distinction when you're talking about propitiation, imputation. I mean, we can go on and on and on about all these theological terms. They require that. When you're reading the Bible, you have to try to make clear distinctions. And when I started thinking about distinctions and the distinction I heard in this sermon that we're going to listen to just a segment from, it made me think of Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Let's start reading in verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. 
So all the people gather together as one man. They all come together. And what do they want? They want to hear God's law. They want to hear the word of God. I mean, that's a, to me, that's a beautiful picture. I, I wish that's how it was every day. I wish, eh, I wish Christians everywhere would unite together every day going, give us the word of God. I wish people would show up to church saying, give us the word of God. And anytime the door is open, they are there. I, 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 you, you wish people truly loved and wanted the word of God in that way. So it, it is a beautiful picture. And then look at verse two. This is Nehemiah chapter eight, verse two. And Ezra, the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Now he starts reading and he reads from morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. He reads for this lengthy period of time and the people are attentive. They're giving, they desire to hear it. They stand and, and they, and they, they, they're there and they listen for a long period of time and they give their full attention to it. And Ezra, the scribe, stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood, and they start naming a, n- a number of people, uh, Mattathiah, Shema, Anaiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, Messiah. And then on the other, uh, that's on his right hand. And on the left, it names some other people, uh, Padiah, uh, P- uh, Mishel, uh, Machiah, Hashem, Hashbadana. Zechariah and Meshalom. Hopefully I got all of those, right? Okay. All of these people are standing next to him. I just wanted to attempt to try to get the names even remotely correctly. All right. But there we go. So now look at verse five. And, and now this is the key. This is what you see. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse five. And Ezra opened the book and the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up and Ezra blessed the Lord the great God and all the people answered, amen, amen, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. All right. So then it names a number, a, a whole li- a list of other people. Right. And then he, and I look carefully. Uh, then it says, uh, they are awesome. It caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So the key here was not just to read, but to give them understanding. And then look, this is, look, this is the verse, Nehemiah 8.8. 8. So they read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the re- re- reading. He read in the book of the law uh, of God distinctly and gave the sense read distinctly and gave the sense. It was not just to read it. It was to ensure they understood it. And every time a a Christian podcaster sits in front of a microphone, we should make proper theological and biblical distinction. We should do everything we can to give people understanding of the text, not a sermon, right? So many times pastors stand to preach a sermon instead of really giving understanding of the text. So distinction is important. If you take anything away today, take that. Theological distinction, biblical distinctions must be made. Now, we don't want to just slide over to, we're just trying to create controversy, but we have to make distinction. 
Some people want to be too lazy. Some people may want to go too far and, and create controversy. We need a healthy balance and when to make a distinction and when not to make a distinction. So here's a question or here's what I want you to do. Take a piece of paper and I want you to write down two words. The first word is love. Love. The second word is charity. Love and charity. Just keep those two words in mind. And we're going to go to the sermon that I was listening to as I drove through the flooded streets of Abilene, Texas this morning. Are you ready? Here we go. You can probably hear the thunder in the background. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Listen carefully. This comes from a sermon that is entitled, The Love of God. Now, obviously, I'm making a big deal about distinction. Obviously, this individual in this sermon is going to at least start, at least seems to be giving the indication he's going to make a distinction between the love of God and another word. You probably kind of have an idea where this is going. I don't know if this is something that's... Well, you're going to have to make the judgment. This may turn out to be nothing other than me giving you the opportunity to understand the significance of making distinction. But let's just see where this goes. Now, in this sermon, to be fair, there were other issues way before he said this, right? He basically puts forth the idea of the age of accountability. All right. We could have a lengthy discussion about that. And then it's this weird thing that, well... We, we could get into particular redemption, limited atonement versus a, a kind of a universal atonement, but then it's not really a universal atonement because it really doesn't do everything for... Okay, we could get into a whole uh, discussion about some of these theological distinctions. Now, he doesn't make careful theological distinctions in some of those areas. He just He obviously has kind of a system that he's preaching from consider all of our discussion about dispensationalism and systems. So, um, but he does decide to make a distinct, like there are other things he just kind of goes by and you're like, well, whoa, you may want to make some theological distinction here and explain to everyone there's two radically different approaches to these subjects, but he doesn't. He doesn't offer the different perspectives. He just goes past it. And then he gets to this idea of love and the word charity. You, you tell me what you think, because he may be making a distinction that I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever made. Meaning either I've missed something completely, or maybe it's not, maybe he's not making the distinction I thought he's made. We're going to find out together. I know what you're saying. You should have listened to it before. That would be no fun, right? If I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to figure it out, why not invite you to come along? That's the whole beauty of this podcast, right? This is always very real and, and organic. So I don't know what's getting ready to happen. I'm a little nervous because that may turn out and go, well, ladies and gentlemen, never mind. False alarm, nothing. Or we may go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? So are you ready to find out? Here we go on this rainy Thursday morning coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Let's see if this is a distinction that needs to be made. Or does he not actually make a distinction? Is this a big to-do about nothing? We're about to find out, and we start right now. Now, we're not reviewing the entire sermon. He's been talking, uh, basically, he just spent some time talking about how Jesus was like, 
you know, if there's any way, Lord, take this cup, but he, he goes to the cross and, and then the father, you know, it turns away from the son because our sin is imputed. He doesn't use the word imputed, but our sin is placed upon on him. He does make a distinction between on him versus in him, which is a good distinction to make. So he has made at least that theological distinction, but let's see where this goes from there. And so if there was any other way, God could have done it and would have done it, but there was no other way except for the shedding of pure blood. What a picture. (laughs) And God said, God said this, he said, I'm going to give you my love. And he did it in action by giving his son. What a thing. What do you call that? Unspeakable. Anybody in here deserve that? Anybody deserve the Creator, God, coming and dying in your place? That's what He did in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's unspeakable. There's no way you can describe that. There's no way that man could say, I deserve eternal life. There's no way that we can say, I deserve God the Creator coming down upon this earth and taking my place on a cruel cross. It's unspeakable. You think you're, you think the president would do that? Do you think he would lay his life down for you? I mean, what makes me laugh there is I now listened to that part about four, three times because I was trying to find out where the where I wanted to start this. It sounds like he said, "Do you think the president would do that?" And it sounds like that some ladies like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the president." I'm like, "What? What? Uh, what? Why is he saying she's saying yeah? I don't know what she's saying yeah to." It, because his whole point is the president wouldn't lay his life down for you like Jesus would, like Jesus did. So I don't know. I don't know. Is she saying yeah? Okay, I, I don't know. All right, but I digress. That's not the issue, but it just caught me off guard because I'm kind of like, what? what? All right. Now, the, the difference with me is I'm bad about this because if I say something like that and someone gives the affirmative, I'll stop going, what? <laughs> That's not the, what are you talking about? And I probably would address it, which I probably shouldn't do. Sometimes as a pastor, you just, just, just keep on and just ignore because you don't want to do that. Now, because my church is so small and everyone knows me, it's kind of like family. So then I may have a tendency to give them a hard time. I'm like, what are you doing, people? What are you, you're killing me. The answer is not, yeah. Okay. Th- because uh, now people, listening online is like, oh my goodness. But if it was a visitor, I wouldn't do that. But with the people there, I feel like I can give them a little bit of a hard time. All right. Okay. But here we go. Let's, let's see, let's see where he's going, where he's going here, where he's going. And you, do you think that, uh, do you think people upon this earth would, would, would take your place? Listen, I know husbands and wife, the love is in the bond that is there. I understand that. But, but for God, the creator, For God that created all things, there's none greater than Him. And He gave everything that He had. Can I tell you, it's unspeakable. What is His love that He gives to us? We just can't describe it. We got verses and we can, we can have attempts to it, but we don't, we don't understand the full impact of what God really did. Amen. Uh, We'll never understand it till we get over there in glory. The first thing is, is that His love gives. The second thing is, if you'll turn to First uh, John chapter 4, we'll find that His love is not just that His love gives, but His love is manifested. His love is manifested. And, and it's not only manifested, but, but we see the thing about it being manifested. It, it, it's, what it means to be manifest means that it's seen or displayed. First John chapter number 4. You got that? Say amen. amen. Look what it says in First John chapter 4. In verse number 9, 
Verse number 9. The Bible says this, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Can I tell you, just like His love that He gives to us, we find that it is action in the sense that uh, the love that He gives is through the person of Jesus Christ and Him dying on the cross for our sin. His love is manifested or seen or displayed through Jesus Christ as well. We find that uh, His love is manifested or seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Not only is it in the person of Jesus Christ, but it's also in the action of Jesus Christ. I mean, the Bible says, now listen, I know what it says over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The Bible speaks about two things. It speaks about love and charity. How many of y'all have heard that, that love and charity means the same thing? It doesn't mean the same thing. (laughs) Okay. Now, he says love and charity doesn't mean the same thing, and he's referencing 1 Corinthians chapter 13, all right? He says love and charity are a different thing, and everyone said amen. Like, it seemed like that this is a, like, they, they, people are excited that he's making this very important distinction. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 reads, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become as a sounding brass Or a tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And then it goes on to say, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Now, when I heard this, as I was driving through the flooded streets of Abilene, Texas, right? I immediately grabbed, I reached over and grabbed my iPad, picked it up. Boom. I hit pause as fast as I could. I'm like, well, stop right there. This is that's as far as I went because he's like, I know what it says over there in first Corinthians 13. There's two things, love and charity. And some of you have been taught that love and charity is the same thing, but they're not the same thing. And everybody, everybody's like, amen. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm driving the car and I'm like, wait, wait, I think I've actually been told that love and charity is the same thing. In fact, I preached an entire sermon on love using 1 Corinthians 13. So did I fail to make a distinction? Did I miss a distinction? Or did he just, or is he making a distinction where there isn't a distinction, but there's some kind of distinction being made and I don't know what to do. So are you ready to do a little, I almost want to stop right here and say, your, your today's focus, but I didn't do it today's focus because today's focus is really about tomorrow, but it's today. Okay. okay, Go listen to the one I did late last night. But, but is this, is this a distinction? Is there a difference between love and charity? I wonder what we should do. What should we do? What should we do? What should we do, ladies and gentlemen? What should we do? What, what do you think? See, if I, was, if I was standing before the people in my church, I'd be like, okay, here's the problem. Here's our theological problem of the day. All right, get to work. Go fix it. Now, where should we start? I, I, I'm just going to throw out a suggestion, right? I'm going to grab my iPad, the iPad that created this whole problem because I was listening to sermons. Now, all right, here we go. This is not a problem. This is an opportunity because if, because if we miss this distinction, we need to correct it. If this is not a correct distinction, then we need to know that this is not a correct distinction and reject it. But we're going to have to do work here, right? So I'm going, this is my, this is my suggestion. I'm going to open up the Blue Letter Bible app. I think that's a good place to start. And I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
right? Because the word charity is used almost instantaneously, right? Now, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, right? So I'm going to click on the verse. This is verse one. I'm going to go to the interlinear and I'm going to look for the, the Greek word for charity. And guess what the Greek word is? Does anybody know what the Greek word is? Does anybody know what the Greek word is? Come on, come on. Does anybody know? Anybody know? It's this Greek word. You probably, you may, you may say it differently, but it's this Greek word. Strong's G26, agape. 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 Some may say agape. 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 Now it's used 117 times. Guess how it's translated 86 times. It is translated love 86 times. 86 times. Strong's definition, uh, agape or agape is translated is, is from G25, love, affection, or benevolence. All right. Now, if we go look at places where it is used, okay, um, I, I can, there's a number of places we could, uh, we could uh, read here, but I'm just going to start. Where do we want to start? We'll start John chapter five, verse 42. Agape is used there, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. Uh, John 13, 35, by this, all men shall know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another, John 59, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. All right. Now, to be fair, John 15, 9, as the father hath loved me and so I have loved you, continue ye in my love. It's the last love that is agape, not the others. All right. Um, John 15, 10 or well, uh, John 15, 13, because he quoted this one. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Uh, Romans 5, 5, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love Agape or agape, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So there we know agape can be used to refer to God's love. He's saying there's a difference between love and charity. The Greek word is agape. It's, it's the love of God. Now there are other words used. We, we know that. Like the John, if I go to the John 15, 9, I'm going to go to John 15, 9 here because it uses, uh, I don't know how many different words here. We go to John 15, 9. John 15, 9. Here we go. Um, well, okay, no, okay. Um, as hath loved, hath loved is this one. Strong's G25, agapao. Agapao, agapao, agapao. So it's just, it's almost like a different tense of it, right? Uh, let's see, because I have loved. So uh, you continue in my love. Okay, let's see what's the next one. You see, half loved. Okay, agapeo. Uh, love. Okay, then that's that's going to be the same one. That's going to be the same one. We're right back to this one. Strong's G26, agape. 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 So even that one, agapao, agape, it's, it's, it's different tenses of the same word. Agape is how we would typically say it, agape. It's the love of God. 
So he's saying that there's this distinction between love and charity. And everyone in the church is like, amen. Like, they're like, all these other churches get it wrong. It's not the same thing. And I'm kind of like, what is the, where is, why is there so much amening to this? Like, what, like, what is this? I'm still, I'm caught a little bit off guard here, but we're going to back this up. I know it's dangerous to try to back it up because sometimes when I back this up, um, it, it messes itself up, but we're going to back this up. And then we're going to let him come back into it. Listen to the crowd reaction. And then let's see how, what he says. Because I cannot see any actual linguistic reason why he's drawing a distinction between charity and love. Now, if he wants to draw a distinction between different Greek words translated love, right? Then okay. Right? Agape, agape. Like if he wants to draw from some of the other Greek words then okay, we can do that. But he's just saying there's a difference between love and charity. Let's see where, how this, let's, let's go back to this and see how this all plays out. Speaks about two things. It speaks about love and charity. How many of y'all have heard that, that love and charity means the same thing? That's not mean, it doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't mean the same thing. There's a love that God shows to us. It's not charity. Amen. He gave everything that he had, amen, to die on a cross for you and me. That shows love. That is love in action. And that's his love being manifested, amen, that he speaks about here in First John chapter 4. And we find that there in verse number 9 that we see the action of his love by Christ dying on the cross. Now, what is charity? The Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Amen. That charity is not the same as the love. Jesus was moved with compassion. There's a difference between love and charity. That charity is a compassionate love. It's a compassion that you have for people. But my love for my wife is different. It's different. <laughs> Amen. Than, than my compassion for, for people. It's this is bizarre. The word charity in 1 Corinthians 13 is not Compassion, it's agape, it's agape. It's, it's used to describe God's love. And he's trying to say there's a distinction between love and charity. I, I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand what is happening. Now look, look, now, and, 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 and look, I don't, I didn't know exactly, remember, I didn't know he was getting ready to say those words. I didn't know he was getting ready to say those words. I was worried that maybe he was, he wasn't really making the distinction that I thought he was about to make. So I wanted to listen to this live with you in real time. Now he's making a distinction. I'm sorry. I don't think that this is a distinction. Is he, is he, is he trying to draw a distinction between the English word love and the English word charity? So he reads 1 Corinthians 13 as only a call to have compassion, but not to have agape, agape love. Hey, 1 Corinthians 13. This is just having compassion on other people. It's not agape. It's not agape. Let's continue. It's different. Amen. We got to get a hold of that thing. But you see, you see, I mean, you see these perverted Bibles. Amen. They put the pictures in there and they write it in the Bibles and they, you get things, you know, uh, it says there that, that love never faileth. And they get, they exchange the word from charity to love and put that thing in there. Can I tell it's wrong. Amen. It's not the right word. It's not the same. 
It didn't mean the same. So his love was manifested. His love was manifested by the person of Jesus Christ. We've seen his love in the person of Jesus Christ. The Perverted Bibles. It's the King James who uses charity. Love never fails. We're okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying to follow this. Okay. First Corinthians thirteen eight. Charity never faileth. And he's like, it should not be charity. Now, what, what's funny is the artwork for this series is AV Authorized Version 1611. That, that's the, the artwork for this series, is they want everyone to know that they stand for the authorized version. But it's the King James that says, love never faileth. I am perplexed. I'm perplexed. If you hear that sound, that's a, a, we have a torrential downpour currently happening. All right, I am I am so confused here. I am so confused here. All right, I'm going to put love. Never. Love never faileth, or no, love never fails. Verse. It's first First Corinthians thirteen eight. It's the it's the. Uh, yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't even understand. Someone else is saying that this is confusing. Yeah, you know, because it, if I look up the other what he would call perversions, because they are KJV only, he's saying that the other perverted Bibles puts the word charity when it should be the word love, because love and charity are not the same thing. And he says briefly in his definition of it, he used love as a type of love. I I don't get, I don't understand what just happened. Now, look, distinction is important in theology. Distinction is important in Bible study. So my first thought was when I heard just the initial start, I was like, oh man, have I been, have I messed this up my whole Christian life? Because I've always preached 1 Corinthians 13 as this is agape, agape. This is, this is love. This is the kind of love we are called to do. And we are going to fall short. Now, when I was more lordship salvation, it would be like, if you don't do this, you prove you were never saved. Well, then you really look at it. You're, uh, we're all going to fall short. Christ is the only one who fulfills this kind of love in him. I fulfill that kind of love because his obedience to it is imputed to me, but I am called to pursue it, but I'm a long way from it. But he just says, it's, it's just compassion. And don't call it, don't call it charity. It should be translated love. But it's in that very passage that, that he just says, love never faileth. And that perverted Bibles turn it into charity. I have no clue what just happened right there. Because it's a church that in the, on the artwork for their series is promoting the very Bible that I guess now he just referred to as perverted. That is the most confusing thing I think I may have ever heard. I'm going to try to get us back. I'm going to get us back to this entire segment. And see, I want you to hear it again, and I'm not going to try to interrupt it. Here we go. Amen. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 9. Verse number 9. The Bible says this, In this was manifested the love of God toward us. 
Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Can I tell you, just like His love that He gives to us, we find that it is action in the sense that uh, the love that He gives is through the person of Jesus Christ and Him dying on a cross for our sin. His love is manifested or seen or displayed through Jesus Christ as well. We find that uh, His love is manifested or seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Not only is it in the person of Jesus Christ, but it's also in the action of Jesus Christ. I mean, the Bible says, now listen, I know what it says over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The Bible speaks about two things. It speaks about love and charity. How many of y'all have heard that, that love and charity means the same thing? It's not mean, it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> There's a love that God shows to us. It's not charity. (laughs) Amen. He gave everything that he had, amen, to die on a cross for you and me. That shows love. That is love in action. And that's his love being manifested, amen, that he speaks about here in 1 John chapter 4. And we find that there in verse number 9 that we see the action of his love by Christ dying on the cross. Now, what is charity? The Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Amen. That charity is not the same as the love. Jesus was moved with compassion. There's a difference between love and charity. That charity is a compassionate love. It's a compassion that you have for people. But my love for my wife is different. It's different. (laughs) Amen. Than than my compassion for, for people. It's different. Amen. We got to get a hold of that thing. But you see, you see, I mean, you see these perverted Bibles, amen. They put the pictures in there and they write it in the Bibles and they, you get things, you know, uh, it says there that, that love never faileth. And they get, they exchange the word from charity to love and put that thing in there. Can I, t- it's wrong, amen. It's not the right word. It's not the Right, they exchange charity for love. So he's saying if you put love there, it's wrong. It should be charity. I don't understand what he's trying to say. He just said the so the perverted Bibles replace charity with love, but he's saying love is different from charity. Oh, I guess what he's saying is that we should understand that charity in 1 Corinthians 13 isn't love. Okay, so I think that's what he's saying. Okay, it makes a little bit more sense now. All right, so what he's saying is that the perverted Bibles have replaced the word charity with love, and it's not the same word, that it's different, that it should not be translated love, it should be translated charity, because 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about compassion and not love, even though it's agape, it's agape. I don't understand. So at least now I've made a better distinction, because I misunderstand understood the first time. So he's now condemning any Bible that uses the word love in 1 Corinthians 13 because that's not actual love. 1 Corinthians 13 is only talking about charity, which is only compassion. Even though it's agape, it's it's agape. I, 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 I don't, let's see if he says anything else same it didn't mean the same so his love was manifested his love was manifested by the person of jesus christ we've seen his love in the person of jesus christ the action of what jesus did he was moved with compassion but also what did he do he died for us Amen. He died for us, and we see the action that Jesus did in showing his love. He didn't just say, I love you. 
He didn't just say that, you know, uh, you know that my, God loves you. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. So you see the action. It's manifest in the action of what Jesus did. Does this make sense? Amen. It's, listen, it's not only seen or manifested in the action, but it's seen in his death. All right, then that's it. So, if your Bible translates charity love, he says that's a perversion. That's wrong. Okay, now, and I, I was confused for a second because I'm like, wait a minute, it's the King James that uses the word charity. But, so he wants it not to be translated. He wants 1 Corinthians 13 to only be translated charity because that is different than actual love. Even though it's agape, it's agape. It's, it's remember, I'll go back to it. Um, let me go back to it. It's this Greek word. Strong's G26, agape. 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 Yeah, he, yeah, I think he's saying the wrong Bibles put love there. Yeah, he is. I, I, I was confused at first. I was like, what is he talking about? It's the King James puts charity there, but he doesn't. He, he wants charity to be put there. He doesn't want the word love to be put there because there is a distinction between charity and love and that it's a perverted Bible if you translate agape as love. But the problem is the King James translates agape as love in 86 different times. <laughs> How can you say it's a perversion to translate it as love when the King James translators translated agape love 86 times <laughs> that I don't even under. <sighs> okay. Well, there you have it. I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Distinctions are important to be made in theology and Bible study. I thought he had stumbled upon a distinction that I had not made that I should be making, that I should have not, never tra understood charity in 1 Corinthians 13 as love, but only merely as compassion or a lesser kind of love to use his kind of uh, discussion. I thought he was, he had discovered a distinction that I had failed to make. After further investigation, trying to make, trying to really consider his distinction, what makes no sense is he is making a distinction where there isn't a distinction because the word charity is the word agape, agape, which is translated literally love 86 times. And it even refers to God's love. And then he says, if you translate it love, it's a perversion, even though the King James translates the same Greek word love 86 times. I have it right here in front of me. That is, con so on one hand, he's claiming there should be a distinction where there isn't a distinction, but then as he starts explaining it, then we have to listen and make a distinction to make sure we understand what he's trying to say. And, and, and again, I apologize for being confused there for a second because I was just so perplexed, but I'm glad we went back and listened to it again. So glad because then I would have left you with the wrong distinction. See why distinctions are so important here? So the, the clear distinction is in his mind, 1 Corinthians 13 should be translated charity, 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 because that is not referring to, uh, uh, well, uh, you, I, I, God's love. Not, it's, a, it's a lesser kind of love. That agape is a lesser kind of love, yet this is where he fails to make a distinction. 
the Greek word is translated love 86 times. You see why listening and making proper theological and biblical distinctions are so important? Because if you don't make them, well, you can become very confused and say things that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. There you have it. Now, I have a medical appointment to get ready for, so I'm going to do that. The goal of this, now listen, the goal of this is not, it's not even really to criticize that sermon. I want to make it very clear. Well, you need to make a proper distinction. I'm not here to make a, 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 an issue about the sermon. I'm not even to make an issue about anything they're saying. What my issue is, is that I thought he was making a distinction that I had for, I had missed. So I wanted to, to see if I needed to be corrected. But after further investigation, it's a, it's a confounding and a confusing concept because he's saying that the word charity is not the word love, even though the King James translators, and, and he, he doesn't seem to know what that Greek word is. I mean, it's a whole mess there, but it just shows you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds like he discovered a distinction that you had not made <laughs> for good reason. Thank you. I, I hope so. But uh, but it just shows you how much, you, how careful you have to listen when you listen to sermons and you have to be digging in and thinking about it. And that when that good Bible study requires these kinds of distinctions, because listen, poor Bible study leads to, well, really bad interpretations. And his interpretation is, if you have a Bible that translates charity in 1 Corinthians 13 as love, you're using a perversion. But he seems not to understand that the word is translated by the very King James translators that he is therefore staying is always right. They translated love 86 times. Agape, agape. When have you heard that agape is a lesser kind of love and it's merely a compassion? Does that not go against everything sermon you've ever heard about? And why is all the people going, amen? I don't understand. I don't understand what we just heard. I don't understand. But it, it's more. Listen, the lesson is not about them. Forget them. Forget that sermon. The lesson is how have you and how have I either made distinctions where there aren't distinct, shouldn't be distinctions or failed to make distinctions where we should. The goal of this is to make us all better Bible students and better Bible readers so that we see the right distinction and are, are protected from making false distinctions. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Everyone have a great day. I'm going to go back out in the rain and go to a medical appointment that I don't want to go to, but that's what I'm going to do. And then I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do the rest of the day. don't know. But uh, if I can, we will do some more broadcasting. If I can't, you probably won't miss me because you have about 75 billion other things to listen to. So you probably won't care whether I'm recording or not recording. So it really doesn't matter whether I am or not. So you have a great day and you have plenty to listen to. And may God bless you as you listen. And listen, make right distinctions, not wrong distinctions. God bless.